Welcome, everyone, to episode 171 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Will. Corey. Eric's not here today. Uh, Eric just finished, well, I mean, I was earlier this morning, but he, he just got done with his his extra life stream, so, you know, he uh, probably needed a break, I'd have to say, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, today's episode is going to be about Civ- Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth. If you caught any of minor Corey's extra life streams you probably saw us play plenty of that um but that's that's going to be our episode for this week we're also going to be talking about our, our individual extra life uh experiences i guess you could say later on in the episode does anyone else have anything they want to tease um i do what do you got i got uh fantasy life samurai warriors dustin legion tail mm, i think that's it for things that people would care about right i bought a game that I have not played yet. Oh, what'd you get? Final Fantasy. Oh, Theater Rhythm. Nice. Curtain Call. For your traveling game. For my traveling, I'm traveling this weekend, so excellent. Needed something to play. Okay. The only thing I have to talk about that's new is I played Daylight during my extra life stream, so I'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the episode. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of that, new things that I played. Uh, Wolf Among Us. Oh, perfect. I played some of that. Okay. Well, let's get right into Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth. Uh, this is kind of a science fiction setting for, for the Sid Meier series. Uh, if you've ever, if you played, uh, any of the Civ games or particularly Civ 5, I think you'll feel right at home playing this. I had thought, you know, going in, uh, I started on an easier difficulty, uh, big map. So there's plenty of space to, you know, spread out and, uh, you know, I, I, not expecting to get it right away, but, uh, it was very, very familiar immediately. Did you get that feeling, Corey? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I like the Kotaku, Kotaku review of the game, uh, which pretty much states that Beyond Earth, think of Beyond Earth more as a really good mod for Civ 5 rather than its own game. Yeah. Um, for that reason, like, it, it is very familiar and a lot of the systems from Civ 5 are in there. Uh, with some additions and slight changes here and there, but yep. uh, yes, very at home, very familiar for the most part. There are a few exceptions, yeah, uh, which I'll get to. But yeah, initially, yeah, felt ni- like I knew what I was doing. Yep, initial impressions were, you know, oh, this is Civ, uh, which which is good. You know, I you, you probably you might alien alienate some fans if you would radically change the formula. I think, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very familiar feeling, which you know got got me right into it right away. Uh, being a Civ fan, especially Civ Five, uh, was kind of my favorite of the series. So yeah, um, so yeah, when- sort of. I heard it explained as what happens after you achieve a uh, space victory in uh, Civ Five. I could see that. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. Corey, would which, you? It's it's funny. Sorry, Dan, I didn't cut you off. But no it's funny. Uh, I, I after that, I saw a post on Reddit or something like that. Somebody posted didn't have enough money to buy beyond earth so i decided to play civ 5 and at the end when they achieved the space victory there's an option to click 
go beyond Earth. Oh. So I don't know what it does, what it links to. It probably links to like where you can buy the game or something like that. But oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. Thought that was cool. That a nice cool. little touch. Yeah. What did you think of the opening cinematic? I liked that. I liked the opening cinematic a lot. It was um, But that does sort of lead me into one of my complaints about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in my opinion, that is an exception for the presentation of the game. Like that was really well done. But the rest of it, I felt like was a, it was a little bit lacking in that department gotcha um just sort of how you know civilization the civilization series has always been like inspiring in the way that it does voiceover and uh all the little flourishes like when you build a wonder and you get those little cinematics and all that stuff like that stuff's all very inspiring but this beyond earth doesn't have too much of that a lot of it is just reading text i never Um, even thought about that when i was playing it but you're absolutely right uh, there would be like a, a, a video, like like you said, when you're building a, a a wonder or whatever, there'd be a little video of you know showing the camera like panning around it or or, or it being you know built in in fast motion and stuff. And I yeah, I can't think of any time that happened in Beyond Earth at all. And a lot of the voiceover, all the factions are have voiceovers, and then everything else is just by this one person, um, voice actress, I assume. Yeah. She kind of sounds maybe Indian. Yeah, like uh, Indian like an accent. That's like the kind of the like AI, I guess, right? For yeah. your for your sieve. No, no, no. The yeah, the who, the person who's like reading the text when you get them and stuff like that. The technologies. Yep, I always thought of that as like the AI reading it too, but that's just that was my yeah interpretation. I did too, nerd. I did too, <laughs> in. Okay. Uh, but just in that regard too, in maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but the ending, um. When the game ended, it just sort of happened. It was very abrupt, uh, and it wasn't a rewarding feeling or anything. I didn't get any feedback on the game. It was just like you did it, little screen, little screen with some text on it. So and then it was like one more turn or go to the main menu, and I was just like, "That's it." So you're saying you beat it? Oh, I did beat it. Yeah, yeah good job. Yeah, well done. Yeah, see, I haven't gotten that far. I I started my game. I did, of course, I did marathon mode. Because I always do marathon mode, and I think I'm on turn like 847 or something. I probably have, I would guess, eight or nine hours into it so far. You guys play that game really quickly, because I'm on two hours of gameplay, and I've only done 100 turns. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the early turns, you you can just skip right past, you know, just hit the turn button as fast as you can early on. Yeah. Not a lot. Well, at least in marathon mode. I know and if you, you're not fighting anything, turns go so much faster. Yeah, which I don't do that. Mu- I don't do that many turns, or do do that much fighting. I should say. I I've talked about this before, but I usually go economic. Um, you know, I focus focus on economics when I when I play it. So I want to do that, but I don't know how. Right. I just uh, make sure all my productions all the way up, and if I ever do get into a fight, I can manufacture units quickly. I like to have a big stock of money. How do um, you do that? <laughs> See, I don't play Civilization a lot, so I don't know how to do anything. Well, at least in this game and and the Brave New World in Civ Five, all the trade routes and stuff help okay. you bring in money pretty quickly and uh, making sh- making sure you focus your technologies on on making money. Mm-hmm. In, in Civ Beyond Earth, it's energy is is your your money, yeah, not not, not gold. I was going to say we should probably talk about some of the the changes in the game. Yeah, um, that being one of them, a very simple one. Uh, but there's also no city-states in this game. In Civ Five, there are city-states that were essentially 
smaller uh, AI sieves that you could trade with and, and become partners with and ally with and help out and get little bonuses from. But in this game, they're just called stations, um, and all you can do is trade with them. I think you can attack them and take them over, correct? Yeah, I think you can absorb them, too, if you use them enough. Okay. I got that impression from the game early on. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't witness it, but I'm pretty sure I saw a station at one point, and then another point I explored that area again, and another faction had taken it over. Yeah. Um, another one of the differences is the aliens, uh, and they, they're sort of the replacement for barbarians, but they're a little bit different. Um, I felt like they were more of an issue throughout the game. Dan, I don't know if you, you're having that experience with the aliens. Yeah, because they're, they're you know, once you get to a certain point, the barbarians are a non-issue. Yeah. Um, but the aliens all seem to come from from different places all the time and more powerful as you get later in the game. Yeah, and, and I actually learned, I earned a perk um, in the game that gave me science a science bonus every time I killed an alien. Oh, nice. So it worked out kind of nice. I found this island that was uninhabited. All it was was a bunch of aliens because there were a few alien nests and nobody had been there, so they just kept spawning aliens like crazy. Um, so I sent one marine unit down there, and of course he was, at that point in the game, it was pretty late, like he was very powerful. So I just had him sit there and farm aliens for the science bonus. Nice. For the last. That's smart couple hundred turns of the game or something like that yeah um but that worked out really well and but i mean there are like the aliens there's different types of aliens and the ones um on land are are generally pretty easy to kill but there's a kraken or several krakens i should say that swim around in the water that can be really difficult to kill i wasn't able to kill them till later in the game and even then i needed a couple destroyers yeah i saw one i had one that was like a turtle it looked like a big turtle at least the top of it that's probably the Kraken, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. And it it, yeah. it never like came came after me, but I had my one of my ships like right next to my city, and I have the the building that makes it so that aliens can't go within a certain amount, a certain distance of your building. And I would just every time he would come by, I would just, you know fire a distance, uh, distant attack at him, and I killed him that way. I didn't have to go toe to toe because he was pretty powerful. It took me probably six or eight rocket attacks to to kill him off. So, and that's another weird thing about the aliens is they're not as aggressive as the barbarians were. Yeah, uh, they, well, it's sort of random when they decide when to attack and when to leave you alone. I found that when uh, you when you get near their nests, that's when they would attack. Otherwise, I was generally left alone by them. Yeah, when I was playing, one of my cities was right by two nests, and like I had to have my, my marines set up right on the border of my city, and they went in a defensive position, and then I kept fighting them and then launching missiles for my from home city. city. Yeah, yeah. Adam. And there's also an alien, I forget the name, it's some kind of worm that just moves siege, around. Siege worm. Siege worm, yeah, those are a pain. Yeah, I didn't if have to fight them. If you're not able to kill them, they can wreak havoc on your improvements yeah, around did, your, your cities. I didn't have to fight it. Like, you get that, another thing that's that's new in the game is quests, and I got the quests to kill a siege worm, like, right at the beginning of the game, but it was obviously far too powerful for any of my any of my things, so I, just, I let it go, and it, it just hasn't come back yet, luckily. And then I had the issue later on in the game where factions were giving me shit for killing the aliens. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess that ties into the affinity system. Yes. Yes, it does. Which, you want to get into that? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so there's this, a system's, the system's called the affinity system, and it's sort of a replacement for religion, I guess would be the best way to yeah. 
describe it. Yeah. Um, and the three affinities are harmony, purity, and supremacy. And each one influences your factions, uh, units, and technologies, uh, and victory conditions, actually. So you can level up your affinity level in each of these th- oh, those, those three categories by completing certain tasks or researching certain technologies. Um, and as you travel down one path and increase one specific affinity, you sort of become more attuned to whatever that affinity is. Like Harmony is being one with... With the alien races. and With and, the alien the, race. The alien ecosystems and stuff. And I think that's the one that makes it... So the miasma, which we haven't talked about yet, but uh, I'm... I, imagine we'll get to yeah. um can heal you yep. if you're harmony purity is like staying s- straight human and, yeah. and killing all the aliens right yeah it is or is that supremacy i think it's purity because i know when to i was getting rid of nests and i got some like purity or something like that okay and then uh the one the path i went down the most was supremacy um but i don't really i can't i, I think supremacy is more aggressive and purity's not as aggressive it's okay. a little more standoffish. Yeah, but um, so I was going down the supremacy path, and I was killing all these aliens and stuff, and then all these other factions were like getting mad at me um, because they had different affinities. Yeah, um, and it, and and it worked in in that same respect as the religion does in the civilization games. Yep, um, that all it takes is a different religion for somebody to not like you. Yeah, huh. which is cool. Um, but yeah, the, the miasma, which I just briefly mentioned, is another added element to the game and it's on it's in the world map on various hexes um and what it does early on in the game is it damages uh any character that ends its turn in it, any unit that ends its turn in it by 10 hit points it's almost um, like a it's like a poisonous gas kind of yeah yeah uh as you go through the game you can improve the use buildings and stuff to improve the tiles to remove the miasma um there's also technologies and and i think satellites uh, affinity satellites and abilities and stuff that uh can remove the miasma or uh you get to a point where it can actually heal you yeah um you can also you can later on in the game you can summon it too like if you're if you're into the harmony harmony affinity uh and it damages your enemies but heals you you know you can you you can use satellites to summon it and like like when you disperse it with a satellite yeah. It's and it, it affects the strategy a little bit because if you're if you want to siege somebody's city and you got to stand in miasma the whole time, yep. like that, those ten hit points a turn can can really wipe out you. your army. Yeah, it's uh, it's a nice touch though. I like it a lot. It added an extra little something. Yeah, felt a little more alien. Yep. Uh, they also added something called favors. Uh, this is part of diplomacy, wherein you will help out another faction with. A request that they have. Uh, a lot of times I got a request for resources because I had a lot of resources and in return they would just give me favors uh, and essentially those favors are just IOUs that you can cash in for something later on. Um, I like the idea in theory, however I thought they were mostly useless um, I, or worthless I should say because anytime I tried to get a favor from somebody back they always just offered me junk. It was never never worthwhile for me yeah i never got i never got a favor because they would always ask ridiculous amounts like 150 science points per turn oh that's crazy i'm like i'm no i'm not giving you a favor for that that's ridiculous so i never i never got to experience the favor system at least in my first game so far yeah i I, in that sense i didn't really have a good experience with the, the ai in this game like there were never any good trades um 
and overall, uh, they're pretty boring. The factions, the yeah. personality behind them and stuff. There's not much going on. I do like that they're like futuristic representations of humanity as it is now, and that the factions are like the Pan Asian Cooperative yeah. or Polystralia or Franco Iberians. Like, I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they don't have any personality. Yeah. No, the voices sounded the same when I was meeting them on my continent. I, honestly, I can't even. I can't even remember their voices. Okay. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I kind of understand it because it's like, how do you how do you put personality into a futuristic polystralian leader? You know? Yeah. That's well, that, that's who difficult. I ended up picking is polystralia. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were the the economic uh, superpower, I guess you could say. Yeah. So at the beginning, you choose your your sieve, but you also get to choose uh, what type of colonists your people are, which inf- can influence the game and also the cargo on your ship. Yeah. Um, and I went towards start. I went towards population. I chose population and health as my colonists and cargo. Um, so I was able to grow really fast. I always like doing that in 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 the Civ games. Um, even though it wreaked havoc on my health stat. Yeah. I think at one point I was negative forty. Wow. Ooh. Um, but I mean, I came out of it on top, obviously. But I just expanded so fast, and my populations, my city populations grew so fast that uh, i couldn't keep up with the health stuff uh but that's a nice touch the the ability to choose stuff in the beginning sort of organ trail e yeah um but then speaking of the health stuff uh one of the issues i had was with the tech tree um i liked it in that you kind of could go in any direction you wanted it wasn't you know we're not working through history here it's all yeah it's, to- it's less linear than, right. Than Wait. The old Civ games. Okay. Was this the thing that when you open the screen, there was like a hundred different? Yeah. The I, science web. Okay. When I was pl- when I was playing, I got overwhelmed with that right away because I don't know how to play the game that well to begin with, and when I saw those options, I had no idea what yeah. to do. Yeah. So I actually pulled out a quote from Dan Stapleton's IGN review because I thought he explained it a lot better than I could in much less words. Uh, he says, the nonlinear tech web is a strong idea on paper because it forces you to make tough calls about which techs you'll pursue and which you'll forego completely. In practice, at least for the first several games, it's confusing. Who knows the difference between alien sciences and fabrication unless you read up extensively on both? And when you have a dozen different research options open at any given time, it's overwhelming. Um, and I would agree with that. It's, it's far less practical to our 21st century minds. Um, whereas before in playing the Civ games, we could draw on history like, yeah. oh, bronze working, that makes sense for the texts that are in it and the abilities I'll get and all that stuff. Um, but then you look at something like protogenics and have, first of all, most people probably have no idea what that even is. Nope. I don't. Um, you have to read. You have to read and see exactly what it does in the abilities that it offers you. Um, it is sort of helped by the filter and search functions. Um, just going back to my health issue, issue that my civilization had, it got to a point where I would just go into the tech tree, uh, filter out all the technologies that didn't have to do with health. So all I could see were the ones that were health related. So I could just focus on those. Um, and also affinities were, are on there too. So you can, yeah. like, I, I, that's how, I, what I use for a guide is the affinities I was going for. Like a lot of them, you get a bonus for, for your affinity if you unlocked certain technologies. So the, the one I was, I was going for purity mostly so that's that's kind of the one i would focus on and and a little less uh supremacy and then not not harmony at all really so that would help me 
as a guide for what technologies to go for. Yes, and they also have a search function in there. So I found a lot of resources on the map, and it said, you need to research this tech. And, like, I didn't even know where it was on the tech tree, so I just typed in the search function, and it would show me where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was handy. Um, it's not it's not necessarily a huge problem, uh, and I don't really think there's a solution. Like, you can't expect everybody to go into these games understanding what the techs will do just based on the name. Um, I think it's just something that our Civ Civ Five custom brains need to adjust to. Yeah. Um, so I can't really knock them for that. Um, but again, like I said, in terms of the tech tree, I really liked how you could just sort of open it up and go in any direction. Yeah. Um, you're never really pressured to go down a certain path. It's sort of based on what you need at the moment, um, yeah. and you can balance that with with like long term yeah. goals as well. Um. So there's that. What other changes are there, Dan? Can you think of anything off offhand? No, there wasn't a lot that was different. I felt like the trade routes were a little bit more important. Yeah. Um, but I also Could, felt like they were a little bit tedious. Oh yeah, um, having to every like every turn I would have cuz I have so many trade routes cuz again, I'm I focus on the economics aspect of of my empire and yeah, probably every turn I have to set up two or three new trade routes. So, yeah, it's it gets to be pretty tedious. I in, wish there was in, an option where you could have it just stay on the default previous route and you didn't have to. But at the same time, like they they change in in the values so much that a lot of times it's not uh practical, I guess you could say to keep sending them on, on the same one. And and a lot of times if you direct uh if you direct them to a your trade routes to a new a new city that you have, it helps grow it like a lot faster than than if you just let it grow on its own. So right. that that is helpful, but um, yeah, I just I, I it, wish it is annoying. Like you said it, there was more of a simplified way to manage them. Um, yeah, like it gets one to the point window. where I mean, I had a dozen cities at one point, and each of them had you know three, four trade routes going. Yeah, um, it kind of got out of hand. Yeah, and, and got kind of annoying. Yep. So like I don't I said, know what every, the solution is for that either. Every but. turn, I would have probably three or four that I'd have to restart. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, another new thing is the satellite layer. Oh, yeah. Um, it's another layer of map. Um, and what you do is you can, in your city, you can build satellites uh, that orbit a certain area. Um, and you choose that area above the the land that you own on the hexes. Um, and those are pretty much just la- uh, terrain buffs. But there's also like a laser defense one you can get, which is pretty cool to, to manage and use as another uh, defense system for your your cities um yeah that that that's a neat thing and like like we said you can use it to disperse miasma if you're looking to build in a new area or explore a new area or uh add miasma if you're in the harmony affinity um yeah they have different you can use it to to make your workers work faster um like like Corey said it's like a terrain buff and i got uh, uh weather all, weather satellites at one point which you, uh, you for farming put a, put over your hex and uh it'll actually add a a certain resource to the area oh that's cool um on one of the random hexes there which was was pretty handy yeah Uh, because some of my quests were like build such and such building in such and such city but that city needed a specific resource that it didn't have access to so i needed to figure out a way to get that resource there yeah um and that was one of the solutions i came up with well that's one of the new things too is the the quest log i guess you could say that's not in, in civ 5 at all um, no. 
that's kind of like uh it's it's a little bit of a storyline but it also kind of explains the game's mechanics a little bit uh it, when you complete quests a lot of times you get the option of having you you get uh like a bonus i guess you could say and you get to choose what that bonus is um based on what what quest you complete like um if you, if you build a new technology and that was your quest uh, you can, you know, use that new technology for added food or added production, like that sort of, uh, like almost like, I don't know, skill point kind of. Oh, yeah, I have an example of that that happened in my game. I was uh, by a water, mm-hmm. and what happened was I built something that would, you know, get more water to my city, and they said that I got an, an extra water and that I could either put it back into the the ocean and not have to pay any upkeep on like my other like water structures that i had built or i could use it to keep my crops uh irrigated irrigated basically and i got more of a food bonus out of that but i would have to pay upkeep on the the other structures gotcha so that's like an example of one of the quests that i had yeah which is it's kind of neat yeah i like it i liked it yeah because you're always making meaningful decisions yeah throughout that 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 helps you kind of plan ahead to what you're you know you you a lot of times it'll it'll the two decisions will be benefit me now or benefit me long term you know and again that goes to what Corey was talking about earlier with uh, the unlocking technologies a lot of it's you know what can benefit me now or what can benefit me in the long run yeah it's a weighing the pros and cons of each which is cool another change are the free unit upgrades which i really like everything you don't need to spend money to upgrade your troops uh once you get the appropriate technology or in this case it's affinities that unlock it right yep um, all your units upgrade, not just, you know, yeah. the new ones that you build. Which is great. It is great. It's a lot less time consuming. And there's a lot less units overall to begin with. Yeah. Um, you get specialty units towards the end of the game, and that sort of adds a lot of different things. But for starters, there's just, what, three land units, like uh, armor, uh, marine, and like a siege yeah. thing, right? Yep. And then there's their ships or uh, destroyer, and that's it. Like those are the base units. Yeah. Um, which I kind of like. You know, yeah. it makes it a lot easier. Uh, but as I said, you know, as you get further into the game, there's uh, specialty units based on your affinities, and those and, those can be pretty cool. Yeah, and and your units will specialize a little bit more too uh, as you unlock bonuses as you go up affinity ranks too. Yep. So so that's a way to differentiate your units from your enemies' units. Yeah, and uh, depending on the affinity that you get, I didn't notice this at first. I, I only until I read it did I realize um, that depending on the affinity that you're going down, like it colors the your buildings a little bit. Yeah. Did you notice oh. that while you were playing? No, I'll have to pay attention to that though. That's cool. Yeah, so it's like a little color cue. Nice. So you can see like like minded factions and stuff without having to click through the diplomacy menu. Cool. Um, let's see what else. I like how quickly the game starts. Uh, like I said, it sort of plays like uh, uh, what happens after a space victory in Civ Five, um, and that stuff's really good. Like you get to the good stuff right away. Like within you know thirty minutes, half an hour, or thirty minutes to an hour, you have the espionage, and you can travel across water, and um, all that cool stuff is in there. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a good touch. There's none of that, you know, first. 50 turn formula that you use you know every time yeah uh in this game it doesn't feel like it anyway maybe it'll get to the point where that's the case but as of right now there isn't 
Um, I think that's all I have in terms of changes. Sounds about right. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Sounds good. That to was me. any different. I think we, yeah, I think we touched on them. We want to get into thoughts. Yeah. Let's hear your thoughts, Corey. You played the most. You beat it. I did. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I gave a lot of my thoughts just talking about the changes. Uh, I guess some of the other stuff. Um, I don't know. What else? What else didn't I address? I'm trying to look at my notes here to see. I, ha- I still had the issue that I have in a lot of Civ games, wherein you get to a point where you you realize you're going to win. And uh, I actually pulled a quote from Colin Campbell from Polygon. I read the po- Polygon review to see if they knocked the game for being misogynist. Um, <laughs> they didn't. They wow. didn't. But weird. Uh, <laughs> Colin Campbell said, uh, if you have amassed significant resources and are playing toward a guaranteed win, it begins to feel like you're running on a treadmill, which I felt like was a a great way to put it. And that's exactly what I experienced for like the last four hours of my experience. Um, Because it was at that point that I was so far ahead of everybody in points uh, that I just knew I was going to win. It was just me, me. It was a matter of me picking which victor I wanted and going with it. Right. Um. So I, I, without realizing it, I chose the contact victory, which I guess is one of the harder ones to achieve. Um, and it's a much better idea if you're pretty far down one of the affinity paths to choose one of those victories. But I wasn't really sure how to access the supremacy victory and stuff. I, I think it was through the quest lines. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any insight on that. No. Yeah, see, I, I had no idea. Um, so I just went for the contact victory. Uh, by following little prompts in the technologies that I was researching and the buildings that I was building. Um, and here's what I need to, I, I wrote down, uh, I found it on a forum. Somebody asked the question about the contact victory and listed all the things that you needed to get it. Uh, so you have to research transcendental math, uh, which is only three texts away from the center. You have to build the transcendental equation. Uh, you have to find a trace of the quote-unquote signal by exploring a progenitor ruin or building a space tel- telescope and waiting for a random number of turns. I built the, the space telescope and waited a, a random number of turns. Um, if you're lucky and get a signal fragment through both ways, you don't need to build the equation project. Um, <clears throat> you need to build the decode signal project. You need to build the beacon. Uh, and then once you build the beacon, you need to spend 1,000 energy to activate the beacon. And once you activate the beacon, the beacon draws all your surplus energy. So at that point, uh, if you have a plus to your energy, it turns to zero for the next 30 turns uh, because it takes 30 turns to, to complete the contact victory after you, you activate the beacon. Gotcha. Which 30 turns can feel like an eternity towards the end of the game when you're literally just ending the turn and just getting all the stuff out of the way so you're going to end the turn again. Yeah, and a lot of times you're waiting a lot longer for the computer to process all the other all the other teams turns yeah because i did a bigger map too with more sieves than whatever the the standard the default one is yeah i Um, I always do the big maps too and they they all ward with each other right up to the end i got i ward pretty early on uh and wiped out didn't wipe out i pretty much took everything but like one of two faction cities, um, so they were still there and in the game. But I, I put the whomping on them uh, pretty easy early on, and then it was smooth sailing for me from for me from then on out. Once I dealt with my health issue and got everything back in the green, uh-huh. um, it was it was pretty easy. 
from that point. But yeah, the, I just had that same issue I have in Civ where you're so far ahead. Um, and it's not every game, you know, it's maybe I need to turn the difficulty up or something, but it's just drags on at the end there. Yeah. And it didn't help that the ending was very underwhelming. Cause like I said, four hours before I finished the game, I knew I was going to beat it. So it was just a matter of me getting there. Yeah. And then I got a crappy, boring ending. Yeah. There's the, what, isn't there like six or seven different types of endings you could go for, go towards? There's five, I think. Five. Three for each affinity and then the contact victory or the domination victory. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I could be wrong with that. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I, that's what I think it is. Okay. So try not, don't go for the contact victory then is what you're saying. I don't recommend it unless you need to. Um, right. I did read that people thought, you know, that's a good one to do if you're not too far down the affinities and everybody else is, uh, go for the contact victory. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, that's that. Uh, the other issue I had, and this is sort of along the lines of the tech tree, is that the map is sort of hard to read. Uh, and this is also, I'll just read this from, from IGN. Um, the map is pretty to look at, but tough to read at a glance because terrain and improvements look nothing like those on it on earth domes and futuristic machinery don't communicate function like a farm or windmill does does that make sense to you guys yeah i yeah. think i think that's something if you play the game a lot that you'll get used to right and that's why if i was scoring this game i would never knock that in my yeah review uh, i mean i would probably point it out but i wouldn't take away points or anything right. or something like that because it's it is just a matter of learning the game the farm it's just the farms look the same you you, yeah. you will know what a farm what a farm looks like, but other than that, yeah, yeah the 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 tile improvements do look a lot different, and it you do I I do have to like mouse over to see what what's on there. Yep, um, it isn't as as practical as it was in the previous Civ games, but right. you know, like Dan said, that's just a matter of something getting used to and part of learning the game. Uh, and once you play it a few times, I feel like you'd have a pretty good grasp on it. Yeah. Uh, you guys got anything? No, I mean I really like the game so far too. Uh it's 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 the same and familiar feeling, but it's different enough uh to keep me interested. You know, I I'm interested in seeing how the endings all work out. Uh I would like to have a different uh different type of victory than I usually get, but you know, we'll we'll see when we get there. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, was it Kotaku that said that it's a like a really good Civ mod? That's a pretty good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, I don't think you, you know, they hit the nail on the head with that one. So, mm-hmm. but you know, me being a fan of, of Civ and the Civ five and Civ five in particular, um, I do really, really enjoy it. Yeah. It's, I, it's not going to change your mind about Civ. No. Uh, but if you're a fan, you, there's something for you there. Yeah. And uh, I, I like the science fiction feel to it. Uh, music. We should talk about music because music, uh, the music of the game got a lot of compliments when I was playing it on my extra life stream. Uh, everyone was very complimentary about the music, about how uh, kind of epic it was, and and it's almost like movie score quality music, um, just you know in the background. So I did want I did want to bring that up because pretty much everyone that watched the game said said the same thing. I was part of that music circle jerk, Dan. If you, oh, were you? If you remember, yeah. Okay. People, people were saying how it sounded like the end of uh, like a super, uh, what's what's Superman movie or superhero, superhero movie. movie? Yeah. I, I got uh, a like massive feel a little bit from some of the songs I too. Did, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Felt, definitely. Felt a it's that one song that that one with the trumpet that flares up and yep. then that's great. It is great. It's good stuff. Makes you feel like you're in space. Makes me excited for Interstellar the movie. Yeah, that's one I'll 
maybe see at some point. Yeah, yeah you got to. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys play more than one game? No, I'm still on my first one. Same. I'm just, just curious. I kind of wish they had like, even if it was just like a d- different color palette or something to these worlds. Um, are they all feel more spacey? Are they all the same? Or because I, I thought so. I thought if you let if you landed on different types of planets, uh, because I went with the like archipelago type of one, not archipelago. I island, think the skins island. are all the same. I mean the island. the landscape's different, but the it, it's the a, sheen. Oh, okay. It's not it's not radically different. No, like I don't think so. I, just from the videos I've been watching and watching you guys play. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's something they'll add. Hopefully. Because, yeah, if it's the same color every time, like you'd think uh, with, you know, potentially limitless alien plants, they'd have a little bit of randomization on there. Yeah, same with the aliens, too. Yeah, I I was hoping, one thing I was hoping for is alien civilizations, which may come in, in downloadable content and expansion oh, packs I'm later. Oh, I'm sure they will. Um, because I was really hoping for at least one, you know, maybe alien civilization that you had to contend with while you were on the planet and their their reactions to the human invasion i guess you could say uh you know the human settlers settling on their planet that's a good idea for dlc that's a brilliant idea actually take note 2k (laughs) 2k and firaxis they should do it the other way around where the aliens come to earth and teach the egyptians how to build the pyramids oh there you go (laughs) Okay. Oh, we got to mention Alpha Centauri. Oh yeah, um, it's got that. Feel I guess to it's it. the spiritual successor. Yeah, uh, a it's... lot of people said this game does not hold a candle to that game. <laughs> so well, I don't, I don't know, but I never played it. It's been a long time since I've played it. Oh, you've played it? Yeah, way back in the day. Wow, way back in the day. I barely remember it. But what about you, Will? What were your, what, what were your thoughts on it? Um. As I said, that I got very confused in the game. That's because I don't know Civ that well. So I don't want to really knock it for anything because I'm not, as I said, I'm not very familiar with the mechanics. I only played one or two games of Civ Five with Corey. But what I played, I really liked it. I was texting one of my friends during it during it and said that this game was awesome because some of the stuff I was doing was pretty cool. I just, as I said, I just wasn't really sure how to play it, which if one of you have any time available and you want to play it, I'd like to join you and get some some pointers some input yeah okay because it's it's as I, these like civ games are something i really like to play yeah but i hate being bad and slow at things so i want to learn and get better yeah so yeah because okay. i was playing starcraft the other day and i was getting destroyed and i was getting frustrated because i play age of empires and i'm not bad at that game right but i am bad at these other <laughs> strategy games and i get really annoyed so. i can see that but I, overall i liked it and i liked the alien feel to it yeah. having played a little bit of civ 5 and mm-hmm. it was more history based this one was science fiction. Science fiction and different and cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That all of our thoughts on Civ? That's my thoughts. Okay. Uh yeah, hopefully hopefully by next week I'll have it beaten. I don't know. We've got I've got a few things I've got to finish up first, but I'll definitely keep playing it and I, I do really like it so far, so not game of the year. No. Will not be game of the year for me. No. Um, I would say I'm, I'm marginally let down, Okay, but I still really like it. Yeah. You know, the, the Civ bar is so high. Yeah. Yeah. That for me to say I'm marginally let down is still a pretty big compliment. Right. Is this like a, 
you know how it's a force of five. Is this just like and uh, doesn't follow that chronological? I think so. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be Civ Six. Yeah. Okay. That's... I think I think if they were to call a game Civ Six, it would have to be history. Okay. You know, I I think fans would riot if it was <laughs> if it was Civ Six. So this is just like a fun little yeah. side yep. one they made. Yep. I think it's I think so. Okay. So, yeah. Distraction. Yeah, I'll take that. I like I that. Okay. Uh, do we want to get into nibble bits? I can do that. Yeah, okay. sure. Dan. We'll do nibble bits in our weeks, and then we'll take a break. Um, I'll go first because I only have one nibble bit, and uh, it was some of the best news in gaming I've heard in quite some time. Ooh. And that's that Valkyria Chronicles is coming to PC. Uh, it's Woo-hoo. a game I've wanted to play forever, ever since Corey had it on his PS3 way back in the day in the apartments. I watched him play it for quite a while. And uh, it's one of the games I always quote, and, and my reason for buying a, a PlayStation 4 was for JRPGs like Valkyria Chronicles. So um, I'm very, very much looking forward to that coming out on PC. When's the release date for no it? No release date yet. Okay. I'm but, interested in this one too. Yeah, Sega's going to put it out on PC. So it is, That excites me because it makes me think that the series is going to be a PC thing too. Oh, maybe. Uh, and I would very much like to play another Valkyria Chronicles game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Val- two? Two? Valkyria Chronicles 2? I think there is a Valkyria Chronicles 2, but it's only on PSP or maybe Vita. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a, a handheld-only release, so... So that's my one nibble bit. Will, what do you got? Uh, my first nibble bit is that during an EA call, uh, earnings call, that they announced that the new release window for Star Wars Battlefront got a holiday 2015 release window. That gets me pretty excited for that. Having seen no any any gameplay or any pre-alpha footage of the game, because they didn't add a E3 uh, show off anything, did they, Corey? I don't believe, not that I remember. Yeah, it was just a video of the guys walking through snow in, like, a forest, if I remember correctly, talking about the game. But, uh, yeah, I like I like DICE as a developer for this game, so I'm confident, even though they did have a slip-up with Battlefield 4 with all the issues with that, but <laughs> I have faith that this one will be good. That's because they were focusing on Battlefront. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> also, I heard that EA pushed them to release it early. For their, oh, that could be. Yeah, to compete with Call of Duty. That's just what somebody said to me. I don't follow uh, Battlefield that uh, closely. It, that's probably the case, and that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, he said that DICE wanted to fix everything, but EA, EA was just like, nope, putting it out. And look at all oh. the flack it got. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> Which sucks. But, uh, yeah, my next one is Bloodborne uh, developer is targeting 30 frames per second for his game. Uh... I don't have his name because I couldn't pronounce it and I wasn't even going to try, but he said that we aren't targeting uh, 60 frames per second because this isn't a first-person shooter. It's an action game. He feels that action games are better served at 30 frames per second. I don't know if better served is the right word, but it's more acceptable. Yeah. Because Mordor didn't bother me at at 30 frames per second, but... Okay. First-person shooters, you definitely see it worse than than action games, I think. I don't know. I feel like if you can hit six, I, you know, I, I feel like if you can hit sixty and keep it at sixty, keep it. But yeah. if it's gonna drop a lot and be stuttery or whatever, yeah. Um, what it, Last of Us was 
uh, mostly 60, but it would drop occasionally, and I didn't really notice it. Okay. Um, I think Infamous dropped when it was in heavy combat, right? Yeah. From, from 60 to 30 or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Um, I still say uh, there's, at least for me, a huge difference between 30 and 60 frames per second. And I hate when I see people argue that the human eye cannot see a difference because you absolutely can see a difference. Yeah, it's funny you mention that. I was at my friend's house and he had uh, the Evil Within and it's capped at 30. Yeah. So he downloaded a mod that put it at 60. And just on the title screen, when it was at 30... The mouse was like laggy on the yeah. cursor in the screen. When you put it at sixty, it was crisp and moved everything like that, and everything yeah. in the background was like moving crisp instead yeah. of like. It's a huge difference, it's, right? Yeah, it was huge. I can't. I don't understand why anybody would argue. Uh, yeah. But what I'm, I, I'm not going to get into it because it, it just upsets me. It's the, <laughs> it's the internet when people <laughs> argue. So yeah, Dan's uh, going to get all sweaty. I will <laughs> sweaty and nerd ragey, working up a sweat, <laughs> arguing about it. Uh, and my last one is that there's going to be a Halo 2 anniversary documentary coming October 31st. I'm pretty excited to watch that, actually. Yeah. I saw the trailer, and it looked pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, you guys going to watch it? Sure. Sure? Even though, I can't, play, even though I can't play it, but... <laughs> well, you you will. You'll be able to play an Xbox, or mine and Eric's Xbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll have a go. Yeah. That game, I can't wait for that. Six, that's going to run at 60 frames per second. And... The fact that they're putting out four games for 60 with all updated graphically running at yeah. 60. All with maps. M- multiplayer. I still like the Halo 2 multiplayer because of the dual wielding. Yeah. That I, was one of my favorite parts of the Halo 2. Yeah. Or that, was, was it? It was Halo 2, right? Yep, it was Halo 2. Okay. That wasn't in one, but they put it in two and then dropped it for three, three yeah. for most weapons, I think. Yeah, I think like Needlers you could still dual wield. And, and like the Mauler and the Spiker, maybe. Yeah. But other Sounds than that, right. like, the dual SMGs were were cut. That was my favorite. Yeah. But, you know, that's going to be a huge game. It's unfortunate that it's in November because I know when Smash Brothers comes out, probably drop everything Yeah, play that. But for that, I don't know, 10 days that I'm going to be having it, it's going to be all I'm playing. I still have my fingers crossed for PC release of Halo. See, they're trying to doing that big push to put most of their Xbox yeah. games out on PC, so they might yeah. even if it's timed. I'll next summer if it comes out, that's fine. I'll yeah. buy it, buy it for computer I'd at that point. It. I'd buy it again because Dead Rising was supposed to be exclusive. Rise was supposed to be exclusive. They even said Sunset Overdrive is not ruled out for a PC release. Really? So, yeah. See, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that kind of hurts them if they're trying to sell more Xbox One. I don't right? think so. No, no, I wouldn't think because uh, they're not letting people know that it's coming out to, on PC. So that's true. They're just like, hey, this is coming to PC. No, they have. They haven't. They said that it's not ruled out. They haven't yeah. said it's coming to PC. Well, for games like Halo or whatever, oh, like, yeah. just not saying either yeah. way. And then yeah, better. a few months after you've sold the majority of the cop, like you know, if they announced after Christmas that oh, you know, I think we're going to put this out on the PC, it'll be out. And then now have a price drop for the yeah. console one. Sort of like what they did with Titanfall at the 360. They just yeah. said nothing about it for yep. months. And then once Titanfall was pretty much tapped out, they yep. released it on the 360. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Okay, yeah, you're right. But that's just wishful thinking, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, that was my last nibble bit. Okay, what do you got, Corey? I got a couple. Uh, Dying Light on PS3 and 360 has been canceled. The reasoning was was that it would require too many compromises in order to get it to run on older systems. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I like seeing that. Yeah. I, I think they need to sever the ties. Uh, I think they've they've held on to the to the old generation a little too long. Yeah. Plus, um, 
you know, PlayStation and Xbox probably want them to move on. Yeah, onto the new systems to get people yeah. to buy the new systems. Yeah. Those that haven't, the, the non-early adopters. I mean, Which I, one's Dying Light? Sorry, Will, go ahead. Dying Light is the parkour Dead Island looking game. Yeah. Gotcha. Zombie. Okay. It's one I'm really excited for. It looks like a mix between Far Cry and Dead Rising, I guess. Mirror's Edge. Or uh, Dead Island. Yeah. Mirror's Edge, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the one at night the zombies become more aggressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember seeing this video and being like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm yeah. watching, I got a video playing in the stream. That's what I'm looking at. It looks cool. Yeah. That was one I was really looking forward to, but I got pushed into Feb or late January, I think. So. Okay. Blizzard cracked down on Hearthstone cheaters this week, suspending uh, several thousand was the number they gave until 2015. Um, the player accounts were suspended for running bots. Apparently, Blizzard warned their gamers back in August that uh, they were going to start cracking down on that, um, and they did. What's interesting to me, though, in reading this story, I saw that they Hearthstone has 20 million registered users, and they have estimated revenues of 114 million dollars. That's insane. Yeah, and it's making up for all their World of Warcraft money. Although even people are resubscribing to World of Warcraft because the expansion's coming out soon. Yeah, I know. It's insane. I I can't believe the legs that game has. I mean, I've never been a big fan of of Blizzard's stuff. Diablo Two is probably my favorite Blizzard game ever. Maybe maybe Warcraft Three, mm-hmm. but man, Warcraft Three incidentally does not hold up. No? No. Okay, I haven't, oh. I haven't played it in a long time. I tried. I had to stop. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, heart, heart, like, I guess I would be considered a registered Hearthstone player, but I, I haven't played it since we did the episode on it. Yeah, yeah I, so. bet there, I bet there's some sort of, yeah, it doesn't say active. It just says registered. Yeah. So, I don't know. But that that being still. said, there's still a ton of people playing it constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one always one of the most popular games on Twitch. It's always in the top five. I love that game. Playing. I tried to play it for my extra life stream and I couldn't log in for some reason. Okay. Maybe I got suspended for running a bot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll probably, I'll play it when, once it comes out an Android tablet, but not often. Yeah. When it comes out for the phone, I'll probably play it a lot more than what I play now. Yeah. I'm just not going to sit at the computer and play it. There's no, no way. Yeah. Um, Mojang Scrolls is set to release late November this year. Um, this is after an open beta that began in June. I wish I had known about the open beta because I probably would have signed up for I guess I still could. Yeah. Um, but they're dropping the price on the PC, or they have dropped the price on the PC for the game from $20 to $5 in order to compete with mobile platforms. Wow. Um, so wow. maybe I'll just plop down the $5 and, and pick it up. Huh. Um, have you guys seen any of this game? I just have seen uh, stills. Yeah, same here. Screenshots. I'm sort of excited about it because looking at it, it reminds me a lot of Card Hunter. Yeah. Which I believe uh, I at least nominated for a Thummy last yeah. year. It was in my top five or something like that. Uh, at least one of them. So I think so. It kind of gets me excited. It's another um, strategic CCG collectible card game. Yep. Okay. Uh, looks cool. Okay. That's it. That's all you got. How was your week, Corey? Do we want to talk about Extra Life now? Uh, that's up to you guys. We should probably save it, especially if we're going to take a break, because I don't think that we're going to have too much to talk about after okay. after the break. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll come back from the break and talk about Extra Life. How was your but week? But yeah, Extra than... Life was definitely a big part of my week. Yeah, but, uh, same here. 
couple other things I'll report on is that I tried talk talkies for the first time. Talkies? Dan, you should ask your wife if she knows what talkies are because okay. apparently it's what all the kids are eating these days. Okay. Um, we had a, somebody sublet one of the rooms in our apartment over the summer and I asked him, uh, cause I'm curious as a, a person who works in marketing, what all the kids are into. Uh, and he was, t- he was telling me about talkies and I was like, huh, that sounds really great. Sure enough, I, I was watching a Justin Bieber music video and there was a, <laughs> there's a product placement in there for talkies. And I was like, there must be something to this. Although I haven't been able to find them around here, but just the other day I went to a grocery store around here that I hadn't been to in a while. Uh, and there they were, right by the checkout, Takis. So I was like, all right. Uh, essentially, all they are is like a rolled-up Dorito. But you know how when you look in a bag of Doritos, you always target the chip that has a lot of seasoning on it? Yeah. It's like those, but rolled up and super concentrated. Oh, boy. Uh, and the one I had, it was something Fuego. Um, so it was like spicy. It was kind of like a flaming Hot Cheeto. Uh, but it was like Dorito-flavored and extremely... Potent, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Ugh. So it's Doesn't really healthy. Uh, there's a Snopes, like there's a rumor around the internet that Takis has been causing cancer in children. <laughs> uh, not that that's funny. That's actually the opposite of what we did Extra Life for. Well, uh, it, it doesn't sound like a legitimate concern. Well, that's, I was going to point out the Snopes. Uh, Snopes is the internet, the website that uh, confirms or falsifies rumors internet okay. rumors uh and that one has is just unverified it's not incorrect oh, or okay. anything i know what you're talking about uh just unverified is is what they have listed for for that right um i could see it those things going into your body cannot be good for you it's uh it's sort of like you guys see all the fireball that got all of fireball got recalled because of uh antifreeze yeah did we have a bottle of that down here oh yeah I think we were drinking it recently, or you guys were drinking it recently. Is there a fireball? I think Eric it? was. Eric was. Yeah. I might have had yeah. a sip or two of it. Yeah. Oh, that's hey, right. Antifreeze is pretty good. It, yeah, apparently. It tastes <laughs> good. It smells good. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I do recommend them. Like, they're good. I probably will never buy another bag of them, but I'm enjoying the one that I have. Uh, <laughs> so that's Takis. Um,. And then I started watching Twin Peaks. Are you guys familiar with Twin Peaks? Just a little bit. I heard it talked about. It's uh, one of those cult following TV shows. They originally had two run, a run of two seasons, then it got canceled. Uh, David Lynch was one of the um, director showrunners on that. Uh, it's it's such bad like nineties, late eighties, early nineties TV with the really bad electronic music and melodramatic sort of soap opera moments. Uh but some for some reason it's it's still really watchable. Um and I don't know if that's just the the storytelling. It's it's a it's about a murder in a small town called Twin Peaks. Uh that's like up in the mountains sort of resort area centers around a bunch of high schoolers and uh sheriff and like a federal agent that comes to help solve the crime uh but it's really watchable i i do recommend it if you haven't seen it give it a shot uh especially if you're looking for like a crime drama to watch because it has some nice touches even though it is painfully late 80s early 90s nice okay anything else Corey? yeah i'll talk yeah. about extra life later okay what about you will 
Man, the main thing about my week was extra life. I pretty much spent the entire time either playing the games or, or watching. watching you other two, plus Eric, who's not here. Yeah. So really, I didn't have – I don't have too much. Okay. Yeah, I'm about the same. Uh, I, I don't have much other than extra life, and I haven't been able to recover from extra life. I'm going on a couple <laughs> days without much sleep. Uh, like last night, I, I was watching Eric, obviously. Uh, I was awake until 2, I think is when I finally went to bed, and got up at like 4.45. I don't know if I went to the bathroom or what, but um, I, I got on to see how Eric was doing to you know make sure he hadn't fallen asleep or whatever. Um, you know, I checked in on him, watched for a few minutes and then tried to go back to sleep and couldn't. So I, I woke up and played shadow of Mordor cause I was just in my bed and I just turned on the PlayStation. I was like, I'll play some Mordor. Why um, not? Yeah. I haven't gotten more than probably four hours of sleep a night since extra life. So, uh, I, I feel up. like I'm in a fog right now. It's almost out of body experience kind of feeling <laughs> <laughs> from, from, from lack of sleep. You should get your blood pressure checked. <laughs> no, I think I just need to down some more caffeine. Oh, man. <laughs> that's the only thing that's, that's kept me going. the opposite of what you need. <laughs> I know. I need to sleep is what I need to do. But yeah. No, nah, I'm good. I was talking about uh, that at work with somebody today about how I can drink a cup of coffee and have no problem falling asleep. Yeah. I, I, I at least have to have coffee in the morning and then coffee in the afternoon. Sometimes I drink it after dinner and it doesn't affect my sleep patterns usually i love a post dinner post big dinner cup of coffee yep makes uh makes everything right yeah because otherwise you get food coma and you just feel dopey but yeah coffee is a good uh i'm very i'm very susceptible to food coma too so me too that's how i know i ate too much at lunch if Uh, i start falling asleep at my desk it's i know that i ate too much at lunch yep All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back uh, and talk about Extra Life and then what we played right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 171 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, This is normally when we talk about what we played, which we're kind of going to do, but we're going to talk about our our Extra Life experiences because, yeah, I mean, we probably watched a lot of each other, but there were still probably moments that happened during them that, uh, you know, no no one saw, but a handful of people so we're gonna talk about that Corey. you kind of you kind of got us started let's let's hear your your experience first i did so i made the same mistake i made last year uh in that i said i wasn't gonna go out the night before i was just gonna take it easy that didn't happen Corey. um i know i know i went to uh the bar by myself again and sat at the bar <laughs> and watched hockey on my phone again so I, I got a few drinks in me, and then I got home, and uh, one of my friends texted me. He's like, hey, I'm going to be your, in your neck of the woods. I'm going to a show. Uh, you want to hang out before? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Come on over. We'll have a couple of beers. I don't want to go too crazy because I got to get up uh, by 6 a.m. tomorrow for Extra Life. He's like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. He ended up coming over. He never went to the show. We just hung out, drank a ton of beer, and played Mario Kart nice. uh, until, like, 1 a.m. Oh. Yeah, so, so I went to bed uh, like one thirty ish somewhere around there, and got up at five forty five. Uh, surprisingly, not hungover, just a little, you know, a little bit of uh, alcohol fog. I guess would be the best way to put it. Beer fuzz. 
Yeah, beer fuzz. Uh, but I got right up and, and booted up uh, Beyond Earth uh, and started playing. I, I did have the foresight to make myself a batch of iced coffee uh, before bed so it would be ready in the morning. Uh, so I just poured myself a glass of iced coffee and, and started playing uh, Beyond Earth and did that until it was 12 hours, so 6 to 6. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, 6 yeah. to 6. I played Beyond Earth uh, and beat that. And after that, I, tr- <clears throat> I started playing Wolf Among Us for the first time. Um, if you're not familiar with Wolf Among Us, it's the Telltale game take on the Fables comics. Uh, the F- Telltale Games does the the Walking Dead game, um, and it's the same type of gameplay. Uh, you're, the the story is influenced by the actions and choices that you make in the game. Um, I wasn't too familiar with the Fables universe. My one of my roommates is really into comic books and stuff, so he he told me a little bit about it before I was going into it. And it sounds really cool. It's it's basically a, a city called Fable Town where all these fables like Snow White and. Uh, uh, what are some others? Now I'm totally blanking. Ichabod Crane, uh, Little Red Riding Hood, The Big Bad Wolf. Like, they are all in human form. Uh, they call it in glamour, in living in this city. And what happens is there is a murder. Uh, and this happens at the very beginning of the game, so it's not really a spoiler. Um, and you play as Bigby Wolf, a.k.a. The Big Bad Wolf, uh, who is the investigator for the town. Um, you play as him and try and solve this mystery, which is pretty fun. Um, what I really like about it is there are moments in the game where it plays like it, that type of game is really well suited for a detective game, sort of like an LA noir kind of thing. Yeah. Because it's just a lot of characters talking and you choosing what to say. And that can be really fun. There was a moment where you're interrogating, uh, the character's name is Toad. Um, and he's just a he's a frog. I don't know. I don't know what fable he's from. I don't but. know. I got a kick out of the frog though. Yeah, a little bit that I watched. I did too. Yeah, and it's uh, the voice acting is all very well done. Like yep. it's it's a very uh, cinematically uh, cinematic quality game. That's all really well done. But what I like about it more is that detective element because I was sort of interrogating Toad and he was telling me things and I had to really pay attention because he would contradict himself. And if I wasn't paying attention enough, I'd miss what he contradicted himself about, and I wouldn't be able to call him out on it because, you know, he'd say something and then it'd give me four options, and um, I could read the options. But if if the contradicting statement wasn't clear to me, then I wouldn't know which one w- which to, what to call him out on. So if I called him out on the wrong thing, like he wouldn't own up to it. If I called him out on the right thing, he would own up to it. Um, so that's why I think that game is really that type of game is really well suited for like detective work. Yeah, I was really impressed with what I watched of it. It made, really made me want to play it. Um, yeah, you should, Dan. To, I don't know if have to get it into, on sale. I don't know if you're into comics at all, but I think it's a it's a good segue into them. I've been trying to get into comic books for a while. I've picked up one here and there, but I don't know. I just I just can't get into them. I've got a couple that I want to get into. Not your typical like superhero stuff, but different different graphic novel type of stuff right because i do like, like somebody, it sorry i do like it so but go ahead somebody gave me watchmen and i just started reading it and i was like nah, yeah it's not it's not for me uh what else did i try reading i tried reading the ninja turtles comics um my roommate's really into this one called why the last man 
which he always tells a story about it when he tries to pitch it to people. He says how he he was in tears when he finished reading it. And then when he was explaining to his girlfriend uh, what happened the next day in this comic book, he started tearing up explaining it to her. So apparently a very powerful comic, but I know very little about it. Uh, but yeah, so I played through the first episode of Wolf Among Us. I have since played through half of the second episode. Uh, I won't say I like it as much as The Walking Dead, um, but I do really like it. And uh, I'll certainly play through the rest of it. I want to get through it before the end of the year because that's a, this that came out this year. It finished this year, yeah. Early this year, I think. Yeah, it started last year but re- finished this year. Yeah. It's Does so, that make it a 2000? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh yeah. 2014 eligible? Yeah. Yeah, because you really can't judge it until you've played all the episodes, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I agree. So. Right. I've got so many games I need to play before the end of the year. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, but then after I played that, it started getting to be a little bit late, uh, maybe 10 o'clock, somewhere around there. Um, tried to play Hearthstone, but for whatever reason, the authenticator wouldn't work for me. And I thought that would be a great one to play because I've been able to zone out with in that game and, and stay up really late playing that. No issue. Um, so I went with Skyrim. Uh, sort of booted it up on random, um, at random, and immediately got sucked back into it. That, that game is so good. I think I texted somebody um, saying I'm, I'm sort of glad we gave it our game of the generation because yeah. that game's great. Yeah. Uh, basically I played through all of the Assassin's Guild quest line that night, um, which is a great quest line. You get that, what, how old's that game? Like four years old? No. Two, three? Three? It it came out shortly after we started this podcast, so it's about three years old. Okay. Um, I guess I won't talk about too much about it then, but that's a, (laughs) that's a fun quest line. Uh, and that, I don't know, that game is just great. It's just, that world is so huge and there's so much going on and with the mods and everything, like, it looks so good. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. It is, it's absolutely great. And that carried me to about 5 a.m., at which point I was getting real sleepy. Uh, I booted up Mario 3. I played a little bit of Mario 3. Just kept dying over and over, like, <laughs> ridiculous. I'm really good at Mario 3. Like, that's one of the few games I'll sit here and tell everybody like i'm I'm actually really good at it um but i just could not do anything in it i was like i gotta play something else and i was like getting down to the wire and i was so tired i just couldn't focus on anything and then i started playing donkey kong country and that was even worse i like the the early levels i just kept jumping in holes and just doing (laughs) stupid stuff over and over again and i just didn't know what to do and i had like five minutes left and i got a game over and i just sat and stared at the screen for the next five minutes (laughs) And that was it. That was my experience. Uh, surprisingly easy to do again, even though I, you know, had stayed up late the night before. Um, I do like the fact that I started at 6 a.m. and ended at 6 a.m. because as soon as I was done, I just went to sleep and slept till 1.30, um, which is my normal, like, how long is that? Seven hours, seven and a half hours. Um, that's about how much hour, how many hours of sleep I get every night. I woke up right away, felt great. Uh, had no issue going to bed that night at like midnight, which is when I normally go to bed. Um, so it worked out really well for me Yeah, and, uh, was happy to do it. Uh, raised a good amount of money, uh, hit my goal just barely, but, uh, we all, I mean, we all hit our goal, but yeah, it was good, good event worthwhile. Yeah. We should say too, uh, we were, 
we we hit as a team we hit a thousand dollars between uh the four of us and then michael minnesota also joined our team and, and raised quite a bit of money so between the four of us we were able to raise over a thousand dollars which was awesome yeah um way more than i expected you know i thought we would all yeah I, I i set my goal at 200 i was like i'll you know i'll be happy if i get like 150 um but i ended up over my goal like you said we all ended up over our goal and and up over a thousand dollars which was fantastic so thanks everybody for donating and uh and keeping us company in the street i had a lot of people keeping me company in oh, the stream yeah. yeah same here um I don't have, I don't think I had a significant amount of time during my entire 24 hours where there wasn't, uh, one of our listeners talking to me in the stream or, you know, one of you guys talking, talking to me in the stream, you know, um, it, it made it go by a lot easier. Um, like, uh, you know, Tito was, was on like my last like two or three hours. He was in there, you know, chatting with me occasionally and stuff. So, uh, that was, that was really cool. That got me through my, my graveyard hours. Uh, when I first booted up, I, I started also Corey, uh, with Civ and I played that for the first, like maybe five or six hours. And, and Narc was in there talking to me about Civ, like from almost like six o'clock. It was maybe shortly after six o'clock when, and he talked to me about Civ for hours, probably two or three hours, um, until, you know, other people got on the chat and stuff. It was, it was great. I didn't have a significant amount of time where I was by myself or with people I didn't really know. So that was great. Fun way to interact with people too. Definitely. So while playing a video game. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I picked up, uh, right, right at six, uh, took over for Corey. Like I said, I started with Civ and played that. I want to say until noon. I, sh- I wanted to write the times down, but when you're, when you're doing it, you don't, you just want to keep, kind of keep going and not stop for anything. Yeah. I always feel bad too. You know, I had to take breaks and stuff to go up and help with the kids occasionally. Cause my wife, uh, wife took the kids to her, her mom's for, for the day. So, you know, I wanted to help with, with, you know, meal time and, and helping get them out the door and stuff too. So, um, probably about, I would say about noon or maybe one, I started playing Wasteland 2. Uh, started right off. Uh, it'd been a while since I played that game. So I started right off with a total party wipeout. <laughs> I just got my whole party killed, uh, within 10 minutes of starting it up again. And so I shut it off and I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to play now. Cause that, I wanted to play that for, you know, three or four hours or whatever. So I couldn't decide what to play. So I fired it back up and I was like, I'll, you know, I'll give it another shot. And, and sure enough, I was able to right my wrongs and refigure out kind of how to play it. And I think I played that for three or four hours. Yeah. You were playing it when I, I when I came in later in the day. Okay. Uh, what did I go into after that? Risk know. of rain. Yeah. Yeah. I played a couple things for, I played risk of rain for a little bit. Uh, I want to say I play, I tried to fire up kingdoms of Amalur, but I forgot there's a whole, because I put all those graphical fixes on it. Uh, there's a whole process to fire to, to getting it started. And I, don't remember what that process was so i didn't uh i didn't end up playing that that would have been a good one to play i think because of how actiony the combat is and it, i think it'd be one that was fun to watch too um so i never actually got that going uh i feel like i played something before i started daylight did i go back into playing civ no like i said wh- I don't think you did what did i play before daylight I was. Playing, I, don't I played something for a while before daylight. It's gonna bother me because I was with you and for like an hour into daylight, and then I went to bed because I went to bed early. Yeah, but anyway, daylight. 
Uh, I'm going to say stay away from daylight. I wanted to, you know, play something scary. I wanted to play, it was, it's short too, and I wanted to be able to beat a game during my, during my stream. So, uh, I was like, eh, daylight's like two and a half or three hours. I should be able to hammer it out, no problem. It's, it's a, it's a horror game where you kind of have to solve, you know, read clues and solve, solve a mystery kinda really the the i played for maybe an hour hour and a half and all i did was go around and get you know there was a few jump scares um but you you're going around and basically find a key for this door and you go through the door uh that's that's pretty much the and i did that like three times i think um before i got kind of stuck but it's it's not really very scary um it's a similar feeling to Outlast, but not nearly as uh, nearly as creepy of an ambiance. And one of the things I hated about it, and the reason why I ended up quitting, was because there there's these ghosts. I guess that that's what they seem to be anyway. Uh, that that come after you and they'll kill you if you if they get close enough. But if you have a flare, you can light the flare and that chases the ghost away. Well, I got to a point where I would I would burn up all my flares right away and not be able to fend off these ghosts. So you basically just have to run around until you find more flares. Um and I, I just couldn't do it. So I tried three or four times. I was like, you know what, screw this. This game is, is not fun. It's not it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I quit, but I, I'd like to go back and, and beat it. I'm sure I was about halfway done with it. Um, but I, it's just not, it's not very good. I'd suggest staying away from it. Avoid daylight, everybody. Avoid daylight. And PewDiePie did, makes it look great, Dan. What's that? PewDiePie makes it look great. Does he? Yeah. Probably cut out all the bad parts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trolling. I don't know. Uh, was it Borderlands that you played before? No, it was Borderlands after. Yeah. I went I, oh, okay. I was so I was so angry with Daylight that I I played Borderlands afterwards. Gotcha. Um which was awesome. Uh I think people in the stream really enjoyed watching it. Uh, it was it was probably it was the most fun game that I played for for everyone to watch. And I played that from probably 9:30 until like 3 in the morning. Um, and I would have kept playing it cause I was having a blast, but I was getting so tired. My aim was awful and <laughs> I just kept dying. And, uh, I was like, I can't, I, I I've got to play something that's not as active. Cause I, I, I should say, uh, the night before I got a terrible night's sleep again, we had a really bad thunderstorm here at like 1230, one o'clock in the morning. Um, woke me up too. Yeah. 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 Woke, woke me up and I, I couldn't fall back asleep after that. I ended up waking up at like four forty five. uh, probably slept like three hours the entire night um maybe maybe three and a half uh so i you know I, at that point i had been up for almost 24 hours with a crappy night's sleep the night before so i was you know feeling tired so i booted up civ again and and use use civ to finish out my my stream uh it, it, i didn't think i would be able to do it but i just kind of sat there and click i know i uh rested my eyes a couple times I don't think I actually fell asleep, but there would be some times where I would just be sitting there, <laughs> zoned out, and uh, probably with my eyes closed. I don't know if I actually fell asleep, but I would be zoned out and, like, staring at a point on the map. And I know I was sitting there for, like, a minute just not doing anything and just staring at the map. Uh, and I couldn't figure out that I needed to click to to change my turn. It got, I got pretty uh, pretty delirious towards the end of it. But, uh, like I said, I, I talked to Tito for a while at, like probably between three and four uh maybe three and four thirty so that that definitely helped me keep my mind together um and then once it got to be about five i was like i'm on the home stretch i'm good 
uh, and I re- recovered a little stamina at that point and uh, finished up at six and helped Will get his stream started. Uh, I went to bed probably at six fifteen, woke up at nine forty five. Uh, to yeah. take care of the kids for the rest of the day. Ouch. Uh, I did sneak in a few cat naps for 10 or 15 minutes when my daughter was asleep, but yeah, I haven't been able to catch up on sleep since then. So, but it was, uh, it was fun. Uh, I wish I had had more of a plan cause I, I kind of a few times was like, I don't know what to play. You know, uh, I didn't want to do that, but like I said, I, I got frustrated with a couple things. So, yeah, uh, I wanted to wait till later at night to play Borderlands just cause of all the blood and hilarity, and stuff. hilarity. Yeah. I didn't want, uh, if, cause you know, my wife's a teacher and I didn't want like her other, like she's friends with some of her students, parents and stuff. I didn't want them to go in this stream. Like, you know, at, like one o'clock on Sunday and see me <laughs> shooting people in the head. I was like, I'll stay away from that stuff. So. I played some tamer games until like later at night. Smart, yeah. That is smart. Yeah, for the kids. For the kids. That's right. So that was mine. Will, yeah, about your stream. So with mine, uh, this is the first time I'd ever streamed before. So in the very beginning, I was really awkward on camera, and like I didn't realize how much of an adjustment it is to carry on a conversation with them just doing text. Yeah, it's me- weird talking it was basically to myself but they could hear it so at first i was pretty little it was really awkward for me to get used to that but once i got going it was fine but the first game i started was diablo 3 and that's one game that i've always been coming back to so i knew i wanted to get a little bit of that in there and i played two different characters I played a demon hunter and my wizard which my wizard is the character that's max level and going through paragon levels <laughs> and i'm on expert difficulty going through the act five which is the expansion act so I did that, and I played that for maybe four hours, five hours. It was like 10 or 11 when I stopped playing that. Uh, and then I tried playing Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, but for whatever reason, it like the the loading screen on the main menu uh, was like stuck there. And the plant in the corner like goes around in a circle, and it was like going really slowly. So it would have taken forever to load. And I was staring at the screen for like five, ten minutes, and I was like, yeah, I, and I messed with it for like another 20, so... I couldn't get it to work. I was pretty, pretty bummed about that. I was looking forward to playing that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was a problem with Origin. Maybe. Maybe. I I wasn't sure. I'm gonna blame it on Origin, regardless. Yeah. But uh, definitely. <laughs> but uh, so no plants versus zombies. So a lot of times during my stream, I was just staring at my Steam list, saying, "What do I want to play?" Yeah, I I had that too. So for whatever reason, I jumped in for Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> And I had a good amount of people in there. I think I had 10 people in there watching me. And I'll tell you what, I hadn't plugged in my Xbox One controller. So I was playing on the PC and I was so bad. Because I was playing online and with people and against people. Yeah, because the con- a little bit of that. The concept of the game is there's a four-person survivor team and then the zombies try to kill you and there's the special zombies. And four other players play as the special zombies. So you got the 4v4 uh, you know, team play in that. And... I got booted from games twice for being bad, basically. I don't know if either of you saw me get kicked. I I mean, I saw that you weren't playing anymore, but I wasn't listening to the audio. Okay. I just had the video on, so I couldn't tell that you had gotten kicked. Yeah. Watching on my tablet. The first game, the guy was flipping out about everybody. He's like, you guys are just standing there. You're not even doing anything. Like, taking it super seriously. I was like... Dude, it's Left 4 Dead 2. This game's like six years old. Yeah. Chill out. So whatever, he called up a vote to kick me, and I had two votes yes, one vote no, and I could have voted no and stayed in the game, but I was like, I don't want to be in here, so I clicked yes to vote to kick me. <laughs> so I got into Kicked a second yourself. game, 
and I was playing as the Charger zombie, and what that is, it's the zombie. I don't know if you've played it, mm-hmm. Dan, and I don't think you have, Corey, but it's the one that charges at enemies, and, like, if you get them in your thing, you, like, pound them on the ground to kill them. I got that character, and the guy goes, Will, do you know how to use the charging attack? And before I could respond, he called a uh, thing to kick me, and I got kicked again. Why do people take it so seriously? I don't know. So I was like, "Mm, yeah, don't want to play this anymore. So then I put in Don't Starve, and that game got a lot harder. I tried to play Don't Starve at one point. It It was earlier in the day. Yeah. Then we continue. That game is really hard. Like, it got harder with the weather. Reign of Giants is, like, an extra difficulty level. You could turn that off. It says before you start the game, like, are you sure you want to start Rain of Giants? Okay, that was it then, because yeah. I remember Rain not ever really affecting your character. The first one I chose was the, the robot character where Rain affected him, and every time he got hit with Rain, like, his health dropped, and I was like, meh, it's not a big deal. I don't even remember the game raining all that often. Sure enough, the second day it rained, and I ended up dying. Yeah. And then, so I survived one day. And then I did one with Wilson, and it poured for, like, three days straight, and I everything got waterlogged, and, like, my health went down, my sanity went down. Yeah. So, like, I did two playthroughs, and I just got <laughs> trounced. I didn't last more than four days. So I was yeah. like, eh. At the point, I was pretty hungry, and I wanted lunch. Uh, I actually had a Subway sub for lunch. Nice. So I was, I was looking forward to that. So I was like, eh, yeah, I don't want to subject people to this anymore. So then I, played, play, I started playing Call of Duty World at War, which is my favorite Call of Duty ever. I did a little multiplayer in that. A lot of the servers are hardcore crouch only, so that wasn't <laughs> a lot of fun. So I what? bounced around between. It's like you have to stay crouched the entire game. Why? It's stupid. I don't know. And then I tried joining like a German server, and everything was in German, and they're going over the rules, and I didn't know, and I got kicked from that. <laughs> That's the part. The issue with pe- what my main issue with PC multiplayer games is when, when the the players host the servers. There's a lot of the those weird rules, and if you don't follow them, they kick you immediately before. And they're mean it, about it. Oh yeah. Absolutely, because that's one of the reasons when I played Chivalry Medieval Warfare, that's the same way. Yeah. Last year, I didn't want to play any multiplayer because I didn't want to spend my entire time getting kicked out of other people's matches, you know? Yeah, and I was like, wh- like why Why are you kicking me? Like, I'm not – Yeah. I'm just trying to do a stream here, guys. So I went to Nazi Zombies, and I did the first map, which is Noctare and Toten. So I played that and got to, like, round 10 just solo by, by yourself, myself. Yeah. I, was I was watching that. pretty impressed with myself. One of the people – uh, who's new, who followed uh, during your stream when you were doing Borderlands, mm-hmm. uh, said that he was, I was beasting it up in the zombies. Nice. I was like, yeah. But, uh, I ended up dying. And then I ate lunch. My friends were downloading World at War so they could play with me. World at War servers, figuring everything out was a devil. Yeah. People who watched me saw me for like 15 minutes, the three of us trying to figure out how to get into a game. So I played Samurai Warriors while they were downloading. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. It's basically, dynasty warriors but japanese setting uh with some new stuff to it i won't get too much into it i'll talk about that either next week or later in this episode uh then i went back to uh call of duty world at war again played more zombies with my friends did all the maps we got trounce on all of them but the first map which is knocked on totem because that's the easiest one it's the first map yeah, there's not a lot of that's only one i'd ever did yeah like in the last two which is shino numa and durais there's like dog attacks and every five rounds the dogs attack you and it like we didn't have sufficient enough weapons to kill them we had a, like just rifles like um semi-auto rifles that are not good for mowing down lots of enemies no 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 not at all you had to like unload an entire clip for them to die uh, so we didn't last very long, but we got to, we got into 11 or 12 on Nocturne Toten. 
Nice. So after that, uh, I played Castle Crashers, which is one of my favorite arcade games of all time. Uh, I played that for maybe two hours. I did my playthrough. It's pretty hard. I had plugged in my Xbox One controller, though, because I know on the PC I had a really hard time playing it because the controls were really bad on the mouse and keyboard. Oh, yeah. So I plugged in the controller, and it was I was back at home with that nice. game. Played that. I think I played that for two hours, made some decent progress with my uh, my Blue Knight, which is the ice magic character. Uh, I recommend Castle Crashers to everybody who hasn't played it. I have it. it I want to play it. Dan, I'll play it whenever you want because it's such a fun game. I love it. Uh-huh. Um, it looked fun. Yeah, so I played that, and then I went to Starbound, which I really had never played a lot of. I played maybe an hour into it when Early Access first started for it. I didn't want to play it a lot because of Early Access. There wasn't gonna. I didn't want to play, keep playing through the beginning and stuff yeah. like that, and then get to content that wasn't quite in the game. So I figured it's getting near to being released at this point, right? Yeah, supposedly. So I was like, I'll I'll try a little bit. So I made a character, and uh, people in the chat were saying that they like these type of games. They just don't play them because there's no structure to them. You can just go and do whatever. And I said that this one's a little different because it has quests in the beginning yeah. to help you out. It does have a storyline. And it has a storyline. So there's more more structure to this one. So for anybody, it was like Tito uh, mentioned that. Yeah. So I think he would like this one out of all of the games like Terraria and Starbound the most because this one is more structured and, yeah. you know, more... Helps it walks you along a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. But I got to the point where I was fighting an alien ship. Oh yeah, that's the end of the first like first act, I guess you could say. Oh, is it? Yep. And I was just doing no damage to it. it I fought it for maybe twenty five, thirty minutes, and then the stream froze for whatever reason. Okay. Uh, and I died. So I was like, mm, all right, probably done with this. And that was about two hours. And then I played a game of Age of, Empire, Age of Empires three online with one of my friends, and we got thoroughly slammed in that game. I don't know if you saw it. I watched a little bit of it. I yeah. saw a little, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, we were joking about it. City Destruction Simulator 2014 because <laughs> we got... Because everybody... They were like master sergeants and we we're conscripts because we hadn't played in, I don't know, probably a year is the last time I played that game. Uh-huh. Uh, but the guys were like, yeah, this match wasn't really fair. You guys haven't played in a while and stuff like that. But it was... <laughs> We showed the stream how to get beat pretty bad. Uh-huh. But at this point, I was really tired, and I was playing Borderlands 2. But that's when everybody, like, you guys were all in the chat and all my friends. I think I had, like, 14 there people. There was a lot of people in there at that time. <laughs> I was I was really happy because you guys were keeping me entertained. Yeah. And you guys were watching me play some poor Borderlands. <laughs> I kept dying at the same spots, like, yeah. four or five times. I was just getting so frustrated. But it was funny because you guys were keeping the conversation going. Yep. So that, that raised my spirits a lot and kept me... That was one of the harder parts for me to get through because I was really tired at that point. Yeah. Uh, I'm not used to staying up, and it was like 10 at that point. Yeah, that's that's about right. So I was like, yeah, with the 14 people that were in there and everybody chiming in and, you know, being entertaining, it was funny. So, yeah, that got me through that. I got only like level 6 or 7 in that. And then I went to uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's basically everything you hear about internet games in yeah. one game. What's horrible about them? <laughs> just everybody's calling each other names and stuff like that, and people were just being idiots. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I was like one in seven, like one kill and seven deaths, but I was just laughing so hard because of this, the chat, and Eric suggested it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a girl, if I remember correctly, there was a girl in the game that everybody was just giving a hard time. Yeah, and it was just like... I don't know. She called them hot paninis. I don't know what was going on. Somebody said conference in the the meeting room, 
And, like, he's the only one who went into there, and he's like, guys, why is nobody in here having a conference? And then I died, so I quit. There was a guy being accused of cheating. It was just, it was funny, though. I yeah. I wanted to take a clip from that and just cut that section out of my stream and just rewatch it, because it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> it was entertaining. I agree. Uh, and then Corey and I tried to play some video games but we had no we, tried. we had no luck with edge of space or terraria and by the time we were going to play age of empires 3 Corey had to go because we didn't get people in our game quick enough because like 800 people play that game now online okay so there's nobody really to play multiplayer with yeah and then that got me to midnight where i played dust and elysian tale from midnight to six that game is awesome. Wow. I love that game so far. I'm planning on beating it. I played it in the next day a little bit too, but uh, that's probably my favorite game that I played on the stream. Probably nice. I got as I said, it was colorful, good music, and actiony. Which what was, do you do in Dust? Yeah, it's like a side um, side scrolling action. It's like RPG kind of. Yeah, it's like Child of Light. Uh, it's, okay. it's like a platformer, but it's a an action game. The fighting in Child of Light in this game are different. This is more of an action hack and slash yeah. sort of game, and uh, you work your way through like a platform esque level and stuff like that, and go through it with the story. Uh, the only thing that's aggravating in that game is the voice actor for one of the the female cat. I can't remember the name. That was a little annoying. Uh, and Corey's friend and our uh, E3 correspondent John was in there with me until like two. Uh, East Coast time, so he kept me company for a bit, which was good. And yeah. That kept me going. Uh, around, like, the hardest time for me was, like, 3 a.m. Yeah. Somebody was in the chat when I, or was uh, watching me play when I dozed off for, like, a second or two. Uh-huh. And, like, I, wo- I realized that I had did that, so I was watching the stream, because I was, like, 10 seconds behind. And it was basically me just, like... <laughs> kind of keeled over in, like, the attack I was using with Dust is like, the X attack. Uh-huh. And it was just him spinning the sword. <laughs> so I was just spinning the sword as I was falling asleep. Yeah, I had a couple of those moments, too. So after that happened, I was like, all right. I kind of, like, slapped myself a bit, and I went down and made uh, a bagel and had a bagel and drank a ton of water. And I mm-hmm. sat down, and I was pretty good for the rest of the time. And then I handed it off to Eric. I think, was it you that checked in at 6? Yeah, because I had to set up Eric's link. Okay, yeah. So you, Eric, and Tito were in there when I finished. Yeah. So, yeah. So the only time I didn't have people in the chat, too, was uh, uh, basically 12 to, like, 5. Okay. Was the, the night hours. Yeah. But, you know, it was nice. Ryan from Iowa came in. Dave was in there from Boston. A lot of different people. A lot of new people were yeah. chiming in. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to a lot of new people, too. I had someone ask me if I would sing <laughs> at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm not going to do that. You, you declined? I, well, I didn't have the wherewithal to say my family is upstairs asleep. <laughs> um, I was just like, I, I can't sing. And I, I mumbled a little bit and <laughs> kept playing. I think I was playing – was I playing – I might have been playing Borderlands still at that point. But. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you wouldn't sing anyway. No. <laughs> if you were. No, probably not. But uh, Unless I was drinking, then I would have. <laughs> You'd given a shot. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, and then we go into Eric's. Did you did you have Eric's uh, thing, Corey? Oh, shoot. I don't know. I never texted him to ask him to resend it. Oh. I wonder That's where all right. Well, you can just talk about it next week, right? Yeah, it'd be better that way, I think. Yeah. If you I'd rather this. hear it from him anyway. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything you want to talk about for what you played? 
so that was our extra life and and again uh thanks for everybody for for taking part in uh donating and and keeping us company and and mike in minnesota for for joining our team and and raising quite a bit of quite a bit of funds for for the kids you know it was all for a good cause uh, i was also fun for us to do um so yeah and thanks to everybody who donated to us that was very much appreciated. yeah, yeah absolutely what do you got going on over there Corey? um i'm just registering my club nintendo game <laughs> oh gotcha <laughs> <laughs> you, you made a face like something was like there was a catastrophe i forgot to mention that i played terraria with uh our listener and e3 correspondent john oh, yeah. in la Yep. Um, for a couple hours. That's a lot. I still love that game. I want to play that game again. It's it's fun. I yeah, start to finish. If you can get the stupid uh, multiplayer stuff working, I'd play with you from the beginning. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we want to talk about what we played? Sure. The only Isn't that what we just did. Kinda. Uh, I only had one bit. other thing that I played. Um, as I said, I played Shadows of Mordor, Shadow of Mordor, this morning for probably two hours i would have to say I, i'm i was working on the trophies and i got the white white rider trophy which is you have to rescue 30 slaves in three minutes uh and it took me a long time because i was so tired and i wasn't playing very well but i finally got it so i'm one one trophy closer to to getting the platinum trophy for shadow mordor that's exciting yeah so i'm still working on that i the other ones are aren't aren't too bad the only one i think i'm gonna have trouble with is getting a level 25 rune that's kind of kind of difficult but uh-huh. i should be able to do it so that's that's the only other thing i played i played like a few minutes of hyrule warriors which i'm still enjoying uh and that's everything i think i played mm-hmm. what about you Corey? would you play I didn't play anything really. I played uh, a little more Wolf Among Us, um, but other than that, oh, well, it's funny because I woke up uh, at one thirty on Sunday and was like, "Huh, nothing to do. I guess I'll play some more video games." Nice. Um, I don't remember what I played though. It was something very brief. Uh, but yeah, I really haven't haven't played much other than what I did for Extra Life. So yeah, I've been trying to recover. Although, like I said, I did play PlayStation this morning. Yeah, from the recovering standpoint, my eyes got so dried out from staring at a computer screen for 24 hours that, yeah. like, my I'm blinking a lot, and I'm still blinking a lot because my eyes are just so dried out. Yeah. All right, well, what would you play other than... Uh, two things we'll talk about briefly. Uh, one is Samurai Warriors 4. I traded in a bunch of games to get that in Fantasy Life because I didn't think I'd be playing these games again. So, And I wanted to uh, get some new stuff to play. So Samurai Warriors 4, as I said, is basically Dynasty Warriors, but uh, Japan during whatever Japanese era. I've only done two battles, and I streamed only one battle uh, on Monday. Mm-hmm. But based, the cool things with it is that it adds that you can select two characters to play as. So while you're fighting on a map as one character, you press a button and you switch over to your other character who's oh, been cool. fighting you know, uh, as an AI and whatever. And so wherever he is, you take over as that character and the character you start as does the AI stuff and fights. So that adds a little bit of a strategic, uh, very light strategic element to it, but it's kind of cool to do that. And I think in one match on, when I played on uh, the stream, I got like over 1,000 kills with two different characters and there's a lot of enemies on screen, which is nice. Yeah. You, you can kill a lot of things. Uh, and there's objectives on the map. So now like a screen will pop up and say objective and it'll say go kill 
Yomashina Tobiaki or whatever the guy's names are. Yeah, that's how Hyrule Warriors is too. Is Dynasty Warriors not like that? Dynasty Warriors doesn't have the objectives like that during a battle. It'll tell you to go do something and you'll go do it, but this one makes it more clear on what you have to do. So like you'll enter an area and it says like run through all the enemies and go kill this guy. Uh, to stop the other enemies from fighting or whatever. Gotcha. So that's what it'll do. Dynasty Warriors is a little, little different with that. Okay. Uh, and when you go into areas that are high morale for the enemy, it's painted in red in that, uh, levels or the areas that you guys have a lot of morale is colored blue. So that's like, the enemies will be tougher in the, the dark red areas. Uh-huh. So there's that to it. Uh, other than that, I haven't played a whole lot, so I'll be talking about that a lot more. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love those type of games. So, yeah. you know, I'll be playing a lot of that. So the other thing is Fantasy Life, which is the thing I'm most excited to talk about. How it starts out is you create a character, and you do uh, the, the usual character customization stuff, you know, how he looks, how he talks, and sounds, and stuff like that. So, But by the time at the end of it, you pick a life. And what they, the different lives are, I didn't write them down, but one of it's like wizard, hunter, blacksmith, miner, paladin, mercenary. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's like, I think there's maybe 12 plus lives that you can choose. And what it is is basically the life your character lives it's a life class is what it is, I think yeah. it's called. So I chose a hunter because it sounded the coolest because you hunt animals and live. you can live off the land, uh, but you also can go and fight, like, big enemies and kill those, too, for, like, you know, be like become more of a powerful hunter. So what the game starts off is, is you're in a house and your, like, mom or whatever wakes you up and says that you have to – you've been requested by the king to get – to talk about you know, the life that you chose and the, the land. So you go to talk to the king and he gives you some – some gear and whatnot, and then you go to talk to your master. And basically the master, every uh, every life has a different master, and you learn from them the basics of being a hunter. So this one was, uh, with the hunter, was that she already has an assistant who is kind of a dope, like a, a, like a dope, basically, and doesn't do anything but thinks very highly of himself. Oh, nice. So the grandma of the kid and the master set you up sets you two up with a hunting mission, and they make it so you have the advantage to win the hunting mission and become the assistant of the master of the hunters to knock the guy back down to earth. The grandma of the kid wants you to do that. Mm -hmm. So you're given a dog and you're given a bow and you have to go hunt an owl and whoever kills the owl first brings back the feather and basically becomes the, uh, the apprentice of the, of the master. So you do that. And after that happens, obviously you win. And then the game opens up to you collecting, uh, doing missions and collecting like these blue gems and the blue gems go towards you leveling up your hunter and you go up hunter levels and then eventually you become a master so like you're not associated with that master anymore and then you go beyond that to like legend and stuff like that and hero it's very cool yeah. uh, i haven't played a lot of it so i don't know how many different worlds there are but i'm liking a lot of what i've played yeah that's one i would have had immediately if i had had the the dough for it but I, i've got to wait for a little while yeah i get it i definitely recommend all of you to get it whenever you can. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kotaku, I don't go on Kotaku that much anymore, but one of the articles is that this is like, this has a lot of bunch of to-do list missions, but they don't feel like it. Right. They feel fun for Uh whatever reason. Okay. So I'm enjoying it a lot. I don't don't know if it's the art style to it, because I usually don't like doing fetch quests. Right. They get tired of that pretty quickly. But for this one, I'm really liking it. And it plays well on the 3DS. And it takes me away from Smash Brothers because I'm pretty much breaking my 3DS right. because of that game. Right. So. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, that game's a lot of fun. I love it. Sounds good. 
Yeah, that's all though for me. All right, uh, Corey, you want me to go down the uh, beaten games list? Yeah, let's hear where we're at, yo. Okay. Uh, so during the break, I actually numbered this list. It's something I should have done probably when we started it, but last year for some reason I just start. I was like, hey, I should number that. It'll be easier to read. Uh, so Eric has 14 games beaten with the last one being destiny. I have 27 games beaten with the last one being shadow of Mordor. Will has eight games beaten with the last one being Diablo (laughs) two. And Corey has 32 games beaten with the last one being Civ beyond earth. Now, Corey, I think you have, I think you have a few games missing from here. Um, that's way more than I would have thought. Read like the most previous five. Uh, Walking Dead Season 2, Divinity, Steam World Dig, Wasteland 2, Civ, Beyond Earth. You've got Shadow Mordor, Borderlands 2, Hoplite, Dark Souls 2, Mario Kart 8, Mario Golf World Tour, Lord of the Rings, War in the North, Infinity Blade 3, Mii Force, Nimble Quest, Find Me, Legend of Zelda, Link Between Worlds, Final Fantasy 6, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, Escape Goat 2, Fire Emblem Awakening, The Witcher, Max Payne 3, Battle Block Theater, Final Fantasy, Where's My Mickey, The Banner Saga, Terraria 14PX, Call of Juarez, Gunslinger, Sangfroid, and Super Mario Kart. Wow. Sangfroid was this year? Yep. Isn't that crazy? That was your number two game on the list, on your beaten games list. And Super Mario Kart got on there somehow? Yep. <laughs> I think you, over winter, over your winter break, you and uh, Jared played that. That could very well be. Oh, that's right, because we homebrewed the Wii. Yep. Shouldn't say that. <laughs> Just going to say... <laughs> It was a fun little experiment, all right? It's for research purposes. It was for research purposes. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't I I don't think so. I I mean I have them all in my notes. I'll probably go back and look, but Yeah, we should compare lists because I want to make sure you get credit for all the games you've beaten. It's a nice yeah. list there, Corey. Jeez. So my my last few games were The Last of Us, Remastered, Hyrule Warriors, Shadow Shadow of Mordor, Mario Kart eight, Metal Gear Solid Five, Ground Zeroes. I beat a lot of a lot more games earlier in the year. Oh yeah, I mean that that lull the last like three or four months, I probably beat two games. Summer too, I didn't play. I didn't play very much in the summer. No, me neither. Uh oh, well, my laptop froze. And then I've got a I've got a bunch that I'm I'm in progress with right now. So yeah. see, that's what I did earlier in the year is all the ones I was in progress. I just made Finished sure to play through and beat. Yep. So that, um, that's our beaten games list. I figured I would revisit that. I gotta get out of single digits. Dear God. <laughs> you should. You only have to beat two more games. You're pretty close to dust, right? Yeah, I looked it up. The game's 12 hours. I think I have seven. Okay. But I do plan on beating it because I like it a lot. Yeah. I gotta focus, eh? Did you ever put Mario Kart 8 on there for me? Yeah. yeah it's on there. Mm-hmm. Better be. <laughs> 50cc. <laughs> I beat I beat 150 cc. I got a gold cup in all of them. I know. Actually, I did it in mirror mode too. It's fun to give you credit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I talked about it during in our our kick chat, but the actual credits of the game don't roll until you uh, finish first and all through through mirror mode. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, because uh, I just did that not that long ago. Didn't you three star them all? Too, I three starred everything but the last cup. Uh, okay, that's the, nuts. The last one I had, and I think I. I got first in all the races except for Rainbow Road. I think I finished like sixth. That's crazy talk. And it ruined it. Rainbow Road is the worst. Yep. So 
you know, I'll, I'll go back to it. I will three-star everything. And then when the new tracks come out later in November, I'll try and three-star all those right away too. So great game, Mario Kart 8. It's the best. Okay. Uh, what do we got now? Feedback? Do we have any? We've got a little bit. I know for our question of the week, we have a few answers. I'll let you peruse it, Corey. Um, uh, let's see. Just looking at the old uh, Facebook here. Oh, yeah. Eric, uh, Jake is reminding us in the chat that Eric will have a pretty good update to his list next week. Yes, he will. He will have a good update. Uh, he's got a few surprises, too, for next week. Yeah. Which is cool. Will, do you want to uh, talk about your... Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. I'll explain why later. Will's Will's got something going on too. Yeah. Oh yeah. To talk about, but we'll wait. It's exciting. Question of the week. Yep. Question of the week. Let's hear it. So the question of the week this week, and I didn't. I guess I don't know. People are answering these less and less. Maybe they're bad questions. Maybe this one wasn't a great one. Uh, but the question of the week this past week was Ryan Gosling won't eat his cereal. What game do you bribe him with? I figured I'd go with an, a popular internet meme, but I feel like most people didn't know what it was. What I, I was didn't. Talking about. I had no idea. I knew. Sort of. <laughs> I'm out of the loop with what the kids yeah. are into these days. Yeah, you are. That's why I'd never heard of the ta- Takas? Takis? Takis. Takis. Yeah. Yeah. Go get some Takis on your way home tonight, Will. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You'll poop fire. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Jacob says if he won't eat his cereal, he has to play and be Assassin's Creed 3, no bribe, punish. <laughs> I like that answer That's because I would answer. probably do the same thing. It would probably be punishment and not bribery for me. It makes sense. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> eat your damn cereal, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> um, my answer <clears throat> is that I would I would bribe him with Hotline Miami. Uh, because playing that game reminds me very much of a movie he starred in called Drive. Okay. It might make him happy. I could see that. A lot of, uh, a lot of violence. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We had another one on Twitter, too. Another answer. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh... It was from Ryan in Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Ryan on Evermore. Notifications. Oh, yeah. Ryan. Rhino Nevermore eighty eight says, "I'll answer your question with a question. Why the fuck do I care whether Ryan Gosling eats cereal or not?" Uh, and then we followed up, and he said, "RG is a big boy, and if he doesn't want to eat his cereal, he gets no video games." So he's in, in along the punishment lines too. Oh <laughs> uh, come on, Ryan! Ryan Gosling's a golden boy. You gotta you gotta bribe him. See, I'd, pro- I'd probably bribe him with, I would say, Candy Crush Saga. He seems like a Candy Crush Saga player. <laughs> so I would take away his Candy Crush Saga. Before, you know, he's, A lot of breakfast cereals are, are sugary anyway, so are, are pretty much candy. Exactly. Hand in hand, Dan. Yep. I like it. So that would be my answer is Candy what Crush What was yours, Will? Man, I didn't even think of it. So my go-to is Planet Horse as Punishment. But yeah, I think we all agree on the punishment uh, punishment route, right? Yeah. As opposed to bribing. Uh, not me. No, you'd bribe? Yeah, it's Ryan Gosling, man. Okay. Right. You gotta treat him you gotta treat him like a prince. Nice. Do we have any other feedback? I don't 
think so. I don't think anybody uh, anybody really wrote in. We, I mean, we were all sort of consumed with extra life this week. So yeah, we we. I don't think we got the message out about when we were recording. Plus, people no, got I, their fill of thumbstick athletes <laughs> over four days, for ninety six hours straight of us. Of us, everyone's sick of us. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you have any feedback for this week, just just submit it for next week. Uh, you know, your thoughts on our extra live streams, what have you, whatever whatever you want to chime in about, which you can do at – I have my card here someplace. You never <laughs> said the date, Dan. I know. Uh, to, I don't even know what to – the 20, it's October 29th, 2014. I'm supposed to say that at the top of the episode. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to leave us fees- – feedback you can go to facebook.com slash thumbstick athletes and leave it on our facebook page uh cory always posts the question of the week on there and it goes on our twitter feed too so you can you can answer in both those places or just write us an email our twitter feed is twitter.com slash ts athletes our website is thumbstickathletes.com uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 607-527-0547 or emails directly at thumbstickathletes at gmail.com uh, subscribe on itunes uh, there's links on our website for that. Uh, we're going to start putting up more YouTube content. So you, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel too. You can follow the link through our, our website. Um, there's a, a YouTube link, I think up at the top, maybe. Am I right in saying that, Corey? There's a little, uh, YouTube Subs- icon. There's a subscribe button. Oh, and on our webpage? Yeah. I don't, yeah, we did link to our, our Facebook on there. I'm, I'm thinking about doing a website redesign. Okay. I get bored with it every year right so that might be happening too just to give you a heads up um question of the week for next week cory uh qotw for next week in in uh in honor of halloween being this week um maybe this would have been better for for last week but uh what video game death would you want your death to be oh yeah oh like a specific moment in a video game yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Not, not yeah, like, like a what, generic. What, yeah. What, what death in a video game? How would you want to go out? Oh, I've already got one. I have two immediately. <laughs> okay. I like that. Okay. Uh, next week's episode, I think is going to be about sunset overdrive. Am I right in saying that? Correct. Uh, I know Eric played a considerable amount of sunset overdrive for his extra life stream. Um, so that's, that's what our, our topic is going to be for next week's episode. Uh, after that, I don't know. I've got to look at the, the schedule and see what games are coming out. Um, I'm getting Bayonetta 2 soon. Uh, so I do want to do an episode on Bayonetta 2, but it might not be for a little while because I want to play through the first Bayonetta first. So when that comes with, uh, Bayonetta 2 on the Wii U. So I want to do that. Uh, any other thoughts? Not in my head, Dan. End the episode. Corey, you I got, got anything? Ill. Yeah, my brain is not working very well. Oh, uh, well, we're going to have a Thumbstick Athlete signing at the Broadway Diner on Sunday. Okay. Come on out. Yep. Come on out. We'll sign some audiographs. We'll sign <laughs> your consoles and PCs and sweaty, sweaty arms. We'll sign whatever. Sweat, yeah. Whatever you want. I have a I have a long term strategy for the podcast. What's that? Ooh. Once we start making money, I could share. Okay, go for it. Uh, open a, a storefront, game store, game store slash studio. I like it. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Let's do it. Okay, run GameStop out of here. I like it. Not a video game store. Have video games there, but not 
video, not a video game store. More like a, just a nerd store. Okay, like Fat Cat Books, kind of, but with video yeah. games in it. Yeah, video games. That's our uh, Fat Cat Books is our local like board game, pen and paper RPG game store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, oh, one thing I did want to say is I I I am going to start s- trying to stream more. Mm-hmm, Sam. Um, I've been meaning to for a while now. I'm not going to do it this week. Uh, probably next week I'll I'll start trying to do it at least two or three times a week. There's no reason for me not to. Uh, I have the capability. It's easy. Oh, I just have to have to do it. So easy. It is very easy. Once I learned how to do it, I was like, I'm going to start doing this way more. Yeah. This is so, how easy it is. So you will start seeing our, our streams. We'll, we'll link at some point. I actually want what I would like to do, Corey, if you're going to do a website redesign, is have a profile page. I don't know if you want to do just, you know, all of our profiles on the same page or, or each page be its own profile, but uh, with, with all of us on it, maybe our Twitch individual twitch feeds but also have our the consoles that we own because i think that's an important thing to know for uh listeners mm-hmm. the consoles that we own so you know you can kind of know the games we're going to buy maybe some of our favorite developers or favorite game genres on there mm-hmm. um, that sort of sort of information so you can uh glean that from the website as yeah. opposed to listening for a long time and, and finding out all, all that on your own it'll be there so you can kind of know where we're coming from yeah. So. Sounds yeah. good to me. That's I'm all, in. That's all I got. So, yeah. Uh, next week, we'll let you know. It'll probably be midweek again, probably Wednesday or Thursday. That seems to be when, when we're all able to get together. So, yeah, that'll do it for episode 171 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. Black.